Let's take our Bible this morning, go into the book of Revelation chapter 19. I've been taking the book of Hebrews, but we're going to skip something on that today and come to the 19th chapter. As I was sitting and studying yesterday, God's given me so much, I'm just going to have to keep preaching, I reckon, and get some of these off my shoulder, heart, and mind, and put it on yours. I pray the Lord bless and help us. I want to look at a couple of things, or one thing in particular this morning. Out of the book of Revelation chapter 19, while you're turning there, I want to mention this. In the news, if you've kept up with the news this week, uh, Netanyahu, who used to be the prime minister of Israel, I reckon will be secured into it by Tuesday. And it still looks that way, and I appreciate it. So I'm glad to see him back. Uh, I really do. I appreciate him and uh, what he stood for in Israel. He's, uh, he's, He's, I think, made good headways. And I suppose, uh, and this is just Dealsology, I don't have no Bible to back it up, but I suppose he, they took him out. God took, allowed him to be took out so that others could do some things he wouldn't do. They can get it back into swing that he can do. Uh, if you don't understand that, I'll talk to you later. All right. So we look at that, and then we found out this week, uh, and well, actually it was a week before last, that Israel has discovered a set of steps that comes down off of the uh, Temple Mount that goes down to the Pool of Siloam. Now, I've been looking for this for some time because the Pool of Siloam is where Jesus told the man to go wash his eyes and he comes seeing. And the reason that was so important is because Mount Moriah, where they offered the sacrifices, that blood that they, uh, you know, that they caught and sacrificed with meant much of it run down the little stream, went to the pool of Siloam. And that was the powers that Jesus is talking about through the blood of sacrifices that he goes and washes his eyes. And so it's the blood. And I thank God. Now the Jews ain't said nothing about it. They don't pay no attention. But they identified those those uh, steps that they walked down to the pool of Siloam from, from the mount. And then another thing I found in the news this week, and it's been in there for two or three weeks, the Euphrates River is still drying up. Now, I don't think it's time for it to completely dry, but according to, Euphrates, according to Revelation, the Euphrates River will dry up and the kings of the north will come against Israel. I've seen that in the Word of God. So it will dry up, and that's something that's... Never happened. I'll explain that sometime. You remember in the book of Genesis when he had the Garden of Eden, there was four rivers. Amen. Well, this is a part of that. We'll, we'll talk about that later. That's not the lesson for this morning. So we want to look at this this morning. I want to read two verses of Scripture out of the book of Revelation, chapter number 19, verse number 7 and verse number 8. I want to put some things together. I'm still studying this. This is just something that popped up, come before my mind and before my eyes, and God showed me these things. And uh, I've been about to shout. Well, I have been a shout, and I ain't been about to shout. I've been a shouting off of it since yesterday afternoon. And I trust it will do you. The Bible said in verse 7, let us be glad. Amen. He didn't say let us be sad. He wasn't talking to Baptists. He's talking to Bible believers. Amen. Let us be glad. All right. Then he said, and rejoice. And he wants us to rejoice. Do you believe that? Amen. Now, John has gone through the book of Revelation. He's shown us all these things. 
And he said, listen, you think we've been studying the book of Revelation for a long, long time. I've been preaching on it for years. And I've learned more and more as the days go by. But you remember, John got this. This book is just a, a, a short a little vision for him. He's on the Isle of Patmos for a testimony for the Word of God. It didn't take long to put it, pin all this down. And this took us years to try to figure out what Paul, what Johnny said. Amen? And you know why we're learning more about it today? Because it's close at hand. What I'm fixing to talk about this morning wasn't important 10 years ago as much as it is now. And it wasn't needful in that hour. But I believe we're at the last days, and I believe the Lord is trying to show us some things. So he goes on, he said, For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. I want to talk about this morning that little phrase. And his wife hath made herself ready. How can the wife, and in this case we're talking about the bride, in this case we're talking about the church, in this case, we're talking about the born-again, blood-washed believers. You see that? All right. How can the church, how can the wife of Christ, how can uh, the bride's wife, or the bridegroom's wife, how can she make herself ready? Amen. And I, I'll welcome any comment. I'll tell you what the Bible says in just a little bit. But I want you to think, how can you make yourself ready? I'll put on the perfume. and the, No, I ain't even talking about that. Amen. What can you do to get yourself ready for heaven? What can you do to get yourself ready to marry the highest of the highest? The glorious of the glories. Amen. What can you do to marry Jesus? Now, he's not just talking to women. He's talking to men and women. You're going to learn some things this morning. Bro, when I got my eyes open on this, I shouted for a while just around in my living room making a circle. Amen. That's why I'm looking at it today. I already had something to preach for uh, this morning. Had already something to preach tonight. And I said, I'm going to have to wait a week to preach this. Lord, he said, just do it in the morning. Sunday school. Here I am. Amen. Look at this. He said, for the marriage of the lamb is come. And his wife hath made herself ready. And verse 8 says, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. Now we're going to look at this this morning, and this may not make you feel good. It may, may not make you shout, men or women. But I'm going to tell you something right here. This, this book is right. This book is right. Ladies and gentlemen, can I say it again? This book is right. Y'all don't seem too excited about that. But it is. And it says, clean and white for the fine linen is what? The righteousness of saints. Righteousness of saints. Didn't say of the saints. Righteousness. That means the righteousness of saints means it's everybody's position. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. Uh, Down through the years, I've been asked this lots of times. Uh, Is there going to be a wedding? Yeah, amen. Can I show it to you? Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come. 
I find nowhere in the Bible that he marries anybody but the church and the believers. Now the Jews are going to be grafted back in. But I'll tell you this, and I ain't got time to get into this. I don't want to get hung off on something over here that's going to take up my time to explain something. So when I say some of this, I'm going to preach on it later, okay? But the Jews, the Bible called them, the didn't call them the bride's wife. It said they're God's wife. Y'all may not have heard that, but it's in the Old Testament that the Jews are God's wife, and God divorced them. So I don't believe he's in. No need of divorce. We'll explain that later, why they can be put back in. Now listen, this is Bible. I want to follow my Bible. Now, it said, but the Lamb, it said, uh, is come, and his wife, hath made herself ready. How she made herself ready. Alright? Let's just look at some scriptures and look at this a little bit and put it together. Did you know, first of all, that the church today is not the bride of Christ? That's contrary to what you've heard all your life. We're espoused. We're engaged to the Lord Jesus Christ. How many believes that the church is the bride Okay, after what I said, don't figure you would. But if I'd ask you first, all right, I was going to ask you if you had raised your hand, I was going to say, when did the church get married? We ain't had a wedding yet. The Bible says in Revelation 19 and verse 7, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. It's not happening until you get to the 19th chapter. Matter of fact, uh, you'll find some places before that talks about it. And we find it in the first part. He's talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know that? And there is a, a marriage supper in verse 9. Have you been to the marriage supper yet? Neither have I. Neither have any other saints of God. They're in heaven. There's some things that's going to happen. Now let's see what the church has to do to become the bride of Christ. I want to go back and look at this and you say, well, you're just all around circles and I can't figure it out. Well, let's go. Let's let the Bible tell us. Let's not try to figure it out. Uh, it blessed my heart when I found out what the Bible said. And sometimes this, uh, we find things in the Bible that kind of is contrary to our thoughts. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. God is higher than I. God's higher than you. There's some things I'll never figure out till I get to the other side. But sometimes God lets us see a few before we get there. Philippians. The book of Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to give it to you in piecemeal and let you see this. And I'm only just going to give you a few things because I ain't going to have time to keep on with this this morning. The Bible said in Philippians chapter number 3 and verse number 20. The Bible said, for our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior. We look for the Savior, comma, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's who we're looking for, right? I hear men and women say, I can't wait to get to heaven to see my wife. Can't wait to get to heaven to see my husband. Forget it. I'm going to blow a hole in your theology. When we get to heaven, it won't be like it is here. 
It's over. When we say goodbye here, brother, we're saying hello to glory, and glory is different than what we're in. We're on the earth. Amen. Ain't no devil in heaven. He's been thrown out. I done found where God purged heaven by kicking him out. Now look at verse 21. Who shall change our vile body? God says your body is vile. It's wicked to the core. That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. According to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Did you know, reading verse 21, that your body can't go to heaven? We already know that. But sink it down a little closer in your soul. Your body could not step in the presence of God. It could not stand it. The glory of God this morning would kill us. God showed his hinder parts and it in a cliff to Moses. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten of the Father. Jesus, of course, hath declared him. Amen. So let's, we're taking those two verses. So first of all, God has to change or somebody has got to change our and fashion our vile body. Now what he's going to make, I don't know. But I know it's heavenly. I know it's immortal. We read all that in the other places in the scriptures. We know that it's eternal. We know that it's pure. We know that it's holy. Like unto the Son of God. Secondly, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm not going to dwell too long on these. I want you to take these and go home and read them. And I believe it will help you. But apply what I've told you in Salties. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This deals with the uh, judgment seat of Christ. Now the unbeliever is going to be judged at the great white throne. But the saint of God will be judged in heaven at the judgment seat of Christ. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. So that's the foundation for us to build on. Now verse 12 said, Now if any man build upon this foundation, who? Jesus. We build gold, Silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. That's the six uh, pieces of, of material we can build on. Six is the number of man. That's what we are. Man can only build. He's one short of God. He, that's why we all sin and come short of the glory of God. And so we build in it. And we know what happens. If every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What's the fire? The word of God. The, Lord, the Bible says that he is a quench, he's a, you know, uh, uh, that he's a fire. It talks about it. An unquenching fire. He's, he's always going to be. His word is going to abide forever. Heaven and earth pass away. But my word shall not pass away. We're going to be judged according to the deeds done in the book. God's book. And how we do it. If any man's work uh, goes through the fire and passes the test, you'll get a reward. But if any of it, like wood, hay, and stubble, are burned and goes up in smoke, uh, you won't have a reward and you'll be saved so as by fire. That's why it's important. So what God wants? He wants to uh, judge us. And now he's going to take out all the dross, all what we think, all the way we live. It's important how you talk. 
how you walk, how you dress, how you live, how you act, how you do anything. Whatever you do, if it's just giving a cup of water, you give it in the name of Jesus Christ. You brag about what you're doing for the Lord, forget it, it just went up in smoke. You'll have nothing to crown Him with. We ain't going to take time for the crowns either. I don't have time for that. I've got so much to say. I guess you can tell. All right? Let's go a little further. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. God give me all this in about 15, 20 minutes. And it's going to take me longer than that to preach it out. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Bible said in verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment. In, or in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. You can go on reading down below it. You're going to find that here's where we're going to get the new body. He's going to take away our vile body and give us a new body. And so we'll find this is when the Lord's coming after the saints of God. This is when we've run our race, the church is full, and I'm talking about to the, to the end, I'm talking about filling it up and getting a number. God knows how many is going to be saved in this day of grace. And when that church is complete, which is His bride, it don't say that in the Word of God here till we get over to Revelation. But the bride, He's, he's working on the bride. We're in a day that we're making, trying to make ourselves ready. Are you hearing me? How many in here believes you're good enough and great enough and God would have to take your merits and favor and say, come on in, you're a beautiful, glorious, righteous bride. Can anybody in here say that? If you can, I want to talk to you a while. Amen. You said, I've painted myself up. I've made myself look good. I'm a good Christian. I'm as good as anybody. You may be, but are you good enough for God? You're not going to marry the governor. You're not going to marry the president. You're not going to marry a religion. You're going to marry the Lord Jesus Christ. You said, that sounds strange for men to marry the Lord Jesus. That sounds strange that we, as women, marry Jesus. No, you just got your earthly ideas. And I'm going to show you something in just a minute. And If I have to go over time... Amen. Let them come in and sit down and listen. I want to tell you something. I want to say this this morning. We're seeing our body change. We've got to have a new body. Romans 8, 28. The Bible said that he tells all things are, you know, well, let's read it. I, I, I don't want to miss one word in it. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things, not some things, all things together, uh, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now that called is not those that God chose. It's those that have chosen Him. I'm not an election predestination preacher. I believe we're saved by grace. I believe God died for every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. I don't believe He put some on one side and said, they can't go to hell because I ain't chosen them and these can I don't God, I know God knows what my destination was the day I was born. God knows what the destination of every man and woman up on this, up on this earth. He knows where they're going to heaven or hell. 
God's reserved reservation for you. If you're going to hell, He's got a place for you. If you're going to heaven, He's got a place for you. But God has never looked at anybody and said, I don't care how good looking you are and how good you are and how nice you are. You can't go to heaven. I'm going to send you to hell because I didn't choose you. God's never said that. That's why he said for me, go preach whosoever, uh, to whosoever will. Told me to go out in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. It's my job to preach to all men, regardless of their nationality, their color, their race, their creed, even atheists. It's my job. And we need to get that in our heart. Now we go to the, the main place I want to look at and we'll hurry up and get on over there to where I want to get to some things to under, make us understand something. In Ephesians chapter 5, I figured you knew I was going there. The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going to read quite a bit of this because it's very important. In Ephesians chapter 5, in verse, uh, uh, verse number 21, the Bible has given us a key to the husbands and wives, and rightly so if he's talking about husbands and wives for his kingdom. He says in verse 21, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Then he says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now that's what women are to do here upon this earth. Unfortunately, that's not what has happened. Women rule more of the home than they run anything else. And they ruin, ruin, ruin and rule the world. It's hard to find submissive wives that will obey her husband. But God has laid this out. Remember, we're talking about a marriage. We're talking about a marriage of the, of the king. We're talking about the marriage of the lamb. And we're talking about we, we are not going to be the bridegroom. He is. So we're the bride. God expects us brides, us, men, women, right now to learn to be submissive to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we can't be submissive to him in this world, we're going to have problems when we leave this world. Every child of God should be submissive right now. God should come first. That's why he's preached that all these years. That's why he's had us to put it in the Bible. That's why it's recorded. God will never change his word, even in glory. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not preaching up the tree. I'm telling you things that you've probably never heard in your life. But I'm telling you the absolute truth. This didn't come from the Sears and Roebuck catalog. The Holy Spirit has sent this down. Now listen. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Down here on the earth, women don't have to be in submissive to any other man but her husband. Then it says, as unto the Lord. See, he's putting himself in there. He's trying to give us an allegory here to explain it. For the husband is the head of the wife. That's true. We're going to explain that to me. Even as Christ is the head of the church. He's the head of the church. Somebody said he's the bridegroom. Amen. He's the bridegroom to be. Amen. But he's not the bridegroom yet because he ain't married us. We are espoused as, we, as Joseph was to Mary. Till she had the child. Remember that? And so likewise we are espoused. To the Lord Jesus. Until we get called out of here. Do you see how the word of God falls together? It's just a, sometimes it gets so uh, lost in the shadows, don't it? 
And he is the Savior of the body. Now what body? He's talking about the body of Christ. Because he's the head, uh, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he's talking about the church. Therefore, verse 24, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. You see what the Lord's done? He's made an allegory here. He's, he's comparing. Who made the first marriage? Would somebody tell me right quick? God. Who was, who was the first groom? Adam. Who was the first bride? Eve. Did you see that? Now here's the thing. And I'm, I'm skipping something. I'm, I'm going to come back to it in just a minute. But uh, I may be getting ahead of myself, but you, it'll, it'll all come out. It comes out in the wash. Amen. It will. Now here's what happens. God made the earth. He made the garden at the end. And on the last day, he made Adam. Adam was able, and he gave him the authority to name every animal on the earth. The Bible said Eve was the mother of all living, but she wasn't even born. At that time, she wasn't in existence. A God made everything and put Adam in the middle of it, but God mentioned to us that Adam wasn't complete. Something in his life was missing. He had all the beautiful animals, named everything, had a beautiful garden. Had, if I could ask you to right now, what did Adam need in the Garden of Eden? You'd say, didn't need nothing. He had God. That's right. That's right. But there was something missing that God did not make for Adam in the garden. And that was a companion. And so he caused a deep sleep to come on him. And he took out a rib and made woman. He called her woman because she was taken out a man. And she was called the mother of all living. And uh, when Adam sees that, he didn't have a need, but he had a Desire. He had a desire for something else. Something was missing. Do you understand this? So God made him a woman that met the need of Adam physically and God spiritually. And we are physical people and we are spiritual people. So then everything was all right. Only thing is the devil got in the midst of the of the bacon, and he caused Eve to eat of the fruit which separated them from God. He told them to go multiply, and they did. And the earth now is covered with that, but God cast man out of the garden simply because they had disobeyed God. Now, ever since that day, things have been in a disruption as far as God's concerned. God already knew it was going to happen, pre-warned, pre-known, foreordained, all that. Foreknowledge, that's all of God. So he already didn't have to plan another plan. He had already had that worked out that his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, would come and die on the cross of Calvary. He died on the cross of Calvary, rose, sent it back up into heaven, seated to the right hand of the Father. And since that day, the Jews rejected him. And God said, I need nothing, but I have a desire for a companion. Therefore, he chose the church. 
And he put the church out there. And for the last 2,000 years, he's trying to prepare that bride to come to heaven. Do you understand this? All right. May not, but think on it. Then we find he goes on down here and he says in verse number 25, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And he goes on to say that he might what? Hallelujah. Now you see in this, what's, who's going to sanctify the church? Who's going to sanctify you? Christ. The Word of God and through preaching the Word of God. The Word is the water. So He's washing us. He's sanctifying us and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word. You see that? That He might what? Present it to Himself. He has produced His wife. He's produced His wife through the church. And He's going to get the church, you and me, born again believers, male or female, we're going to be produced in His likeness. And He said that He might present it to Himself a glorious church. Do you know any glorious churches around here? Amen. We're part of it. We just ain't got where we need yet. We're not all cleaned up yet, saints. We're still short of the mark. But we will be. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be what? Holy and without blemish. Do you know a church today that's without blemish? I know some think they are. Do you know any saints today that are without blemish? I know some claim to be. Amen. A lot of people run up down the road thinking they're perfect without sin. I've never preached that. Amen. Uh, even when I've thought about it a time or two, something happened. And the equation went, went away. The Bible said, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Now what's the Lord wanting us to know? He's saying to you ladies, I want you to love the Lord as your own bodies. Even though you've got an obligation to that husband to love him, you've also got an obligation to the Lord Jesus Christ first. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. He's trying to teach us men and women that. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. You got it? All right. Now, we go on down. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, that's for the earthly life. We live here. We get to glory. There won't be any such thing as male and female. You hear me? There won't be no such thing as husband and wife except the bride and the bridegroom. There won't be, when you get to heaven, your wife won't be your wife. You won't be her husband. That'll be all marked out of the thing. You said, I won't know. You'll know because you'll know everybody. Somebody said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to go hug my wife. Oh, I know the feeling. I know where you're coming from. She sure does sound good. 
She showed up today. I'd hug her right now, right in front of everybody. You hear me? But there won't be such a thing. You know what it is? We are all the bride. He's the bridegroom. We will join with him and forever. You said, what are we going to have for pleasure? Hey, it's going to be pleasure just to be with Jesus Christ. I can't stress this enough, but I can just see me and you. Adam was brokenhearted when his wife sinned against God and he took it on for himself because he loved her. And human race failed. Jesus has chosen out a bride and just looking at the bride, you'd say, I believe he made a mistake. We're mighty pitiful to be a bride of the Son of God. When you say that this morning, if this don't humble you, uh, you've got a spiritual problem. But I want to tell you, we want to look at this thing in a correct manner and looking at it, looking at it well. God has chosen us and he's redeemed us. And so you said, what you going to do? Um, I'm going to make myself ready. Well, let me just share this with you. If I don't believe anybody goes to heaven without being born again. I, I, I got a record of one man in the Bible who's the greatest of all men as far as I'm concerned said, you must be born again. Twice he said it in the fourth chapter of John. Right? Okay, the Bible teaches us that we must uh, be sanctified. He talks about that. And so we go on and look at this a little bit. What's going to happen when we all get to glory? And I've heard people say it, and this is exactly how I feel in my heart. The first person I want to see is the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? I love my wife. But that's not going to be anymore. Former things are passed away, he says. But when I get to glory, I want to go see the one that got me there. And I'm not going to walk up to him and say, I done this and I done that. And I preached for 50 years, if you call me today or so. I, I cannot give him that. And he'll say, so, where'd you get the power to preach? Who called you to preach? Who sent you to preach? You, you can't say... I got saved and your blood washed away. Well, whoop to do What about that blood? Who shed that blood? How'd you get it in your heart? So you know what we as a bride is going to say when we get to glory? This right here. And I want to show you. Let me go back to uh, Revelation. In Revelation 19. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife hath made herself ready. How did she make herself ready? Can you tell me this morning how you made yourself ready? Actually, you're not ready yet. The Lord lets us know this. Well, we've gone to the judgment. God's cleaned up everything. Well, preacher, He saved me. He washed me from a sin. He sanctified me. He's kept me. He's blessed me. He strengthened me. Yes, sir. So you're standing before the throne of God. And all you're going to do is look to the Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ on the throne. And you're going to say, and the, and the crowd's all with you. You're going to say, glory to God. He done it all. All I've done is just believed Him and trusted Him. And the Lord's going to let you in heaven because He's saying, look, I know they're not good. I know they got faults. 
but my blood has washed away their sin and they got a seal on them and they are mine. And we're going to shout and praise God and say glory to God. We ain't done a thing. All we've done is fumbled and we've just been in the ball field and we've just been fumbling and throwing the ball and we've been losing the race and we've let the devil take over in our lives. But thank God, here we are. He has made us ready and made us think that we have made ourselves ready. Ain't that shouting ground? Amen. Well, time about got me or I'll tell you right now, I didn't think I'd get this far. So I'm just saying, does that shed light on this to you this morning? Now you said, what are we going to do in heaven? We ain't going to have boyfriends and girlfriends. We ain't going to have no children. We don't marry. Listen, you won't be a parent in glory. You won't be a child in glory except the child of the king. And you, and you married him. Amen. And you'll be submissive to him. And he'll never be submissive to you. He'll be in complete, full control. So when I look at this, it just thrills my soul. I've been shouting about it all night long. Praise God. Now, do you believe that the church is the bride? Uh, wait a minute. You remember? We're not the bride yet. Because he said here in Revelation nineteen seven, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come. Where's that? 19th chapter. This is after the rapture of the church. This is before he's come back to glory to reign. And his wife hath made herself ready. Now we've done a poor job up to this far. But you wait a minute. He's going to give us the new body. He's going to give us the obedience in our heart. He's going to give us the unction. We'll be what we're supposed to be. You know, when God made Eve, He made Eve to meet every need of Adam. He gave her everything she needed to make Adam happy. And when we get to heaven... We're going to find that Christ has given us everything that he needs. Now, Eve failed. But God's fixed it this time to not let you have any charge. And the church and the bride won't fail Christ. We fail him now. But we won't fail him then. Glory to God. i got to quit. I've enjoyed this morning. Praise God. It's been a blessing.